People in Domino City, are you ready to podcast? Hello, everyone. Ah! Welcome to You Activated My Podcast, Season 2, Episode 0. I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy. Normally, Jimmy, as you know, in this show, we watch an episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! and then talk about it. This week, though, we have watched no (laughs) Yu-Gi-Oh!, which feels very weird. No Yu-Gi-Oh! to be had. Welcome to our just regular podcast. (laughs) But we are going to talk an awful lot about Yu-Gi-Oh! This week, we are starting a new segment called the Battle City Monster Bracket. A Battle City beatdown, if you will. I like that. Uh, In the Battle City beatdown, every week we will be comparing two of the monsters that appear in Yu-Gi-Oh! Season 2 and declaring... Who will win and who is wrong? Uh, so it's basically a card of the week, yep. uh, but you get an extra card for free. Exactly, exactly. And, and you the, get to see each other uh, kick their asses. Well, I mean, not see. It's an audio medium. Yeah. But, uh, you know, In you your get mind's to... <laughs> eye, imagine two cards kicking each other's asses. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and, uh, at the end of season two, we will declare one as the ultimate grand champion. There should be a better title there that I haven't figured out. One card to, uh, kill them all and in the darkness, bind them. Right. Yeah, actually, yeah, probably true. Uh, so essentially what happened was, is I made a bracket, uh, which you can see at heartofthe.cards slash bracket. Uh, Jimmy, don't go there. I haven't put it up yet. And you listening to the podcast, don't go there because it will spoil the rest of this podcast for you. Uh, we have I mean, a, we you have can a... if you want. It's just names of cards. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we have put up a bracket of uh, 64. That's like saying, matchups. oh, spoiler alert for basketball. The Golden State Warriors are playing basketball. <laughs> I know, but it also shows, like, who won each round, so I don't know. Uh, But we have 64 different monsters, which means that there will be 63 separate matchups. And uh, for those of you playing along at home, there are 48 episodes in Season 2. So that means that this episode, our very own Season uh, 2, Episode 0, we need to go through 15 matchups in order for the math to line up. So this is sort of a uh, Battle City beatdown preseason, if you will. Yeah, who gets eliminated before continuing on to the actual matches? Right. This is this is sort of the uh, the the qualifiers. Yeah, we wanted to do something different for season two, and since it's Battle City, we thought we'd pit some cards against each other. Uh, so I went through the bracket and I picked out. Some matchups that I think aren't as interesting or important as uh, some others might be. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like a lot of them are. Get... 
I feel like a lot of them are interesting, but not necessarily important. <laughs> yeah. So I, I picked a whole bunch that we can go through in one episode and uh, just conti- when we go through the season proper, we'll have actual interest- interesting matchups, hopefully. Yeah, hell yeah. And like you and I have not actually sat down to do this before, too. So it'll give us a chance to figure out how we actually want to approach these matchups. Yeah, this episode might be shit. Sorry. Eh. <laughs> you get what you paid for. Not only because of that. And Tyler just woke up. I literally just, just woke up. And I'm on my second rum and coke here. <laughs> so I'm having a good time. <laughs> Uh, way to spring that on me mid-recording. Let me take a sip of my coffee here. Let me take a sip of my rum and coke. Ooh, burn my tongue. Uh, (laughs) all right. Well, I, for one, am very excited about this because typically, like, I feel like I get pretty prepared for the episodes, but because of when we're recording this, I am not at all prepared. And Jimmy, you actually came prepared with 14 of the 15 matchups that we're going to be doing uh, yeah you in, look in like a corpse that just got dragged out of the tams fuck you too buddy <laughs> uh yeah no i look like shit it's fine uh but my voice is so low and sultry with velvety sauce uh all right uh should we just jump into this first matchup yeah Okay, so I'm gonna Let's I'm gonna it. play. I haven't decided what battle music, but right about here, some epic battle music will start playing as we introduce our first matchup of the Battle City Beatdown qualifiers. And you're gonna do this every time, right? Every time. Cool. There's gonna be a lot of music Good. this episode. Do you want to switch off doing the announcer voice, or do you want me to do the whole thing? Uh, whichever you prefer. You wrote these, so... Okay. Uh, I'll start us off, then. Okay, and then we can <clears throat> we can switch off, or you can do the whole thing. Let's find out. Okay. He's forearmed and dangerous and scared of the light. You'd better watch out for Cockroach Knight. And in the other corner, he's big and round and he's seeing red. He's here to kick some veggie tail. It's Mystic Tomato! <sighs> Holy shit, Cockroach Knight versus Mystic Tomato, <laughs> our very first matchup of the qualifiers. Jimmy, I think this is really what you meant by uh, interesting but not important. <laughs> yeah, because both of these cards are definitely fun to look at and talk about. Uh, Are either of them particularly important? No. No, not at all. Uh, Let's go over kind of what their basic stats are here. Cockroach Knight is an Earth-type monster. Uh, He's an insect. Uh, He's level 3, and he's got 800 attack and 900 defense. Let me pull up the the trading card game info here. For those of you playing along at home, if you want to bring up the bracket, uh, you're more than welcome to, of course, and you can actually click on the uh, character name to see their card text. Uh, also, we're going off the Yu-Gi-Oh! website here. Yes. And they have lists of all the cards that appear in each season. That is the only way I could pull this we, together. Which is where we got these. Uh, Cockroach Knight has, let me pull it up here, uh, 800 attack, 900 defense, like I said. And the card text says, when this card has been sent to the graveyard, it is returned to the top of the deck. 
Cockroach Knight truly never dies. Uh, in the other corner, Mystic Tomato. It's a plant-type monster. Uh, 1,400 attack and 1,100 defense. And it says, when this card is destroyed by battle and sent to the graveyard, you can special summon one dark monster with 1,500 or less attack from your deck in face-up attack position. Jimmy, tell me your initial thoughts about these monsters. Uh, how, how we well, feeling? before I tell you about my initial thoughts, we, I think we need to clarify. We shouldn't just go with the strongest monster. How do you want to decide who's the winner here? The better, more interesting creature here? I I personally look for in a in a in a good monster. I look for interesting, uh, and I look f- well. I look for interesting a concept, and interesting mechanics. So okay, I'm going completely off the card art here. I don't particularly care about their attack and defense points. That's fair. That's fair. So long as I feel like we can justify which monster deserves in their heart of the cards to move forward in this competition, I think we're okay. Exactly. Um, first, I want to start off by describing Cockroach Knight and what this guy looks like. Uh, it's pretty self-explanatory. It's like a, a cockroach person, and he's got four... In, he's got six insect legs and four of them are arms with like cartoon gloves two of them are empty but in one hand he's got a sword and in the other he's got a shield which is cracking me up because he it's a shield that's like one of those do not enter signs or like no smoking signs Mm -hmm. but it's crossing out a like a uh the silhouette of a bottle of raid and down at the bottom of the shield it just says no there is an insect repellent magic card uh a spell is. card yes so there there is a uh a spell card that looks like that art that will kill insect type monsters so this is a very important shield <laughs> for him to have i had no idea that straight up bug spray was uh an actual card do you know what the name of it is uh oh it is like i think it might be insect repellent or if you just start searching Yu-Gi-Oh insect uh yeah i think it's repellent I used to Eradicating play a, a, aerosol. Yeah, 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 yeah. I used to play a Weevil Underwood deck on Duel Links, so this was a a common card in my. Uh, and Insect Barrier is a similar one. Yeah, Eradicating Aerosol is the one that I'm thinking of. You're right. We're already rabbit trailing, but I need to describe what Eradicating Aerosol looks like. <laughs> it's a can of Raid, but the hand holding it looks like Bowsette's hand. You know, it Bowsette. does. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a female hand, but it's got this bracelet with all these spikes coming out of it. Also, I want to point out the Japanese name for this card is Insecticide for the Spiked God, which is metal as hell. Yeah, that's uh, it's actually a really good band name. I'd be into that. So that's Cockroach Knight. Yeah. You want to talk about Mystic Tomato? Yeah, Mystic Tomato... Mystic Tomato is is interesting. Um, Mystic Tomato is, well, a tomato. And then behind the tomato is this sort of green and red and orange, like, art that you would see in a movie when a character is going on an acid trip. You know what I mean? Like, this is is signaling that you are high on something. It's sort of... It's a swirling miasma of colors. Yeah, yeah. And the tomato itself... Has a face. Uh, it has like a like a demon, like an oni face almost. Yeah. Uh, it's got like a human face, but 
but it's got yellow eyes that are sort of angrily looking towards the camera, and then a big mouth with a huge tongue and big old nasty fangs. Yeah, it's like a goblin face right. on this tomato. Which makes me really uncomfortable giving the tomato a tongue, I think, more than giving it teeth. <laughs> Just thinking that this tomato can also taste me. Whoa, dude. Makes me Whoa. makes me a little comfortable, yeah. So This is have... no Bob the Tomato. <laughs> no. No. It does not like to waltz with potatoes. Uh neither up nor down the produce aisle. <laughs> Mystic Tomato though is is a I you know, it has a bit more Mystic of a humanoid tomato face. Is Bob if he got possessed by Satan? <laughs> <laughs> the true ending of VeggieTales. Uh, Cockroach Knight, too, also has kind of a goblin-y face. It's more insectoid, but it is also kind of like the beady little yellow eyes and then tiny little fangs. It looks kind of like the bugs from Ants. Uh, yeah, movie. yeah, it does. It's like a it's like a slightly more evil bug yeah. from Ants. Ants, pardon me. Ants. Uh, so how do you, how are you feeling based on the card art as far as where you're leaning here? Cause I, I have a personal preference, but I want to hear your, your thoughts. As much as I like mystic tomato and just respect how bonkers it is that that's a card in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to respect cockroach knight for having a shield that's, that clearly has his hated enemy on it with the lines crossing it out. And it says, no, that's, <laughs> that's a, that's a knight who has. Uh, a dedicated passion and knows what he's about. It'd be I like if uh, it'd be like if you know Sir Gawain had a shield that had a dragon with a no on it. <laughs> no dragons zone. All right. Well, hey, you know what? I think we are in accordance then because I was going to say Cockroach Knight as well uh, because of actually the card mechanic here. Even though Mystic Tomato allows you to summon a dark monster of 1,500 attack or less when it's sent to the graveyard, Cockroach Knight, when it's sent to the graveyard, is immediately returned to the top of your deck. So if Cockroach Knight dies, that's the next card you're going to draw. So there's no getting rid of Cockroach Knight. It's just coming out every turn. He lives under your fridge now. Yeah, (laughs) you are stuck with him. You are becoming best friends with Cockroach Knight. I've decided to name Cockroach Knight, too. I think Cockroach Knight needs a a name like Jeremy. Jeremy? I don't know why. Cockroach Knight just strikes me as a Jeremy. Well, it's not often cards get their own names, so I think both of us are in agreement here. Jeremy, the Cockroach Knight, is the winner versus Mystic Tomato. All right. Hey, congratulations to our first winner of the... I have to put my mic down to type this. uh, Of the very first qualifying round, we have Cockroach Knight. I feel like we need an air horn sound effect to play now. Oh, we did. Good. Oh, we did. All right, Jimmy, walk us into, uh, or do you want me to do the intro for this one? You know what? Let's, uh, let's trade out. All right. Up next in our second round of the Battle City Beatdown Qualifiers, in one corner. Oh, pardon me. Read the wrong thing. In round two, the Battle City Beatdown Qualifiers, it's the Battle of the Bands. In one corner, he's got great balls of fire. It's the chart-topping Musician King. 
And in the other corner, she sings so sweet, then cuts off your feet. It's the Sonic Maid. Musician King versus Sonic Maid. I did yeah. not do this on purpose. I swear to God, uh, the They're two both musical, musicians. The two musical cards ended up in a round together. Uh, Sonic Maid is uh, a warrior type monster with twelve hundred attack and nine hundred defense. Musician King is a spellcaster fusion monster with seventeen fifty attack and fifteen hundred defense. Jimmy, tell me about your opening thoughts here. Uh, do you want to start off by describing what these guys look like? I feel yeah, like that's an important yeah. step for our audience to enter the mind palace of these cards. Absolutely. Well, let's start so, with Musician King. Right. Musician King is a stereotypical rock star. He is this super shredded dude who is also himself shredding. Uh, he's got a big old electric guitar. He's got glowing yellow eyes for some reason. Uh, and he's got a bandana with a, just an explosion of blonde hair sticking out the top. Yeah, Musician King kind of looks like if you took uh, really just any punk rock guitarist and they went Super Saiyan. Exactly. Just big old blonde hair. Uh, I will say I do like the guitar. Uh, it's sort of a red. It almost looks like a, like a Fender V-type guitar. Okay, I was going to trust that you knew what kind of guitar that was because I have no idea. Well, but so the thing that the I'm thing a violinist. I will say <laughs> the thing that I will say kind of bothers me right off the top is they tried to do some foreshortening with the guitar neck, but failed. So it looks like it's a travel electric guitar. <laughs> it's got a very comically short neck. Uh, so that it fits within the, the frame. But uh, what is cool about this card art is the background actually implies that he's in motion. So it yeah. almost looks like this is a guitarist who is jumping into the crowd from about 100 feet in the air. Yeah, behind him is just this blue sort of motion blur. That's all, the only way to describe it. Right. He's definitely falling from a great height and rocking out at the same time, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the other corner, Sonic Maid is uh, sort of a, a got like a Stevie Nicks vibe a little bit. Uh, maybe not. Maybe 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 that's too too easy a comparison. But uh, so Sonic Maid has this long flowing red hair, uh, and she's wearing a sort of form fitting uh, pink dress, and is holding a large musical note, a, a golden music note. Uh, as if it is also a guitar, is how she's holding it. Um, she's got, the I will say, a matching is, golden uh, circlet on her head, too, that looks really cool. I, I want to point out, uh, the cool thing about this giant musical note that she's holding, it's a scythe. Do you oh, see the top of it here? Oh, I had not yet read the card text. It is a scythe. It's kind of uh, cut off because it's, up in the upper left of the card art. Mm -hmm. But uh, you can tell that there's this huge blade sticking out, and she's just got a big old scythe that's shaped like a music note. And it plays music, too, because we see a musical bar sort of flowing out and surrounding her. So it is it is in every way a musical scythe. Yeah, that is rad as hell, I have yeah, to say. I'm, I'm into it, actually. Uh, th there is a blue background on this card as well, which might imply that they are in the same sort of world 
it, there's not as much motion, but it's at kind of the same angle. So maybe they're yeah. in the same sort of imaginary shot. Maybe they're in the same band. Could be, could be. Well, they're in the same ring now, Jimmy. Uh, let me read the card text here real quick for each of them. Sonic Maid says, A maiden that uses sound to her advantage. She wields a scythe shaped like a musical note. And God, that's cool. I need to roll up a bard in D&D that uses this weapon. Right? Uh, Musician King says, Witch of the Black Forest plus Lady of Faith. Because Musician King is a fusion monster. So he doesn't get interesting text. Nope, he's just two people who have been horribly spliced together. All right, Jimmy, tell me uh, tell me how you're leaning here. I have to say, he's called Musician King, but he's mm-hmm. not particularly that interesting. Also, no. he's called King and he's not Elvis, so uh, I'm not impressed. No, for the card art and the description alone, I'm going to have to give the advantage to Sonic Maid here. Uh, we are in agreement then, because her musical scythe is just so cool. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be the instrument to beat here, I think, uh moving forward in this competition. So, round 2 goes to Ding Ding Sonic Maid. The Ding Ding was a little triangle that's also in their band. <laughs> <laughs> that's a different card. <laughs> Sonic Triangle. Uh can you write that into the bracket for me cuz I uh, uh am holding my microphone in one hand here. Let's see. No, I can't because you have not given me uh, right access to this document. Ah, <laughs> uh, son of a gun. All right. Uh, okay, well, let's go ahead and move on. I'll... I'm going to request edit access. Oh, there we go. Are you writing uh, a nasty I'm reco- note? Yeah, I'm requesting edit access and adding the note. I'm in the podcast with you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's see here. Is it going to send me an email? What is this? Okay. Open sharing settings. <laughs> Some good. This is a great podcast right here when we're editing document share settings live. It's like I'm a gonna... it's like a commercial break, you know. We've done yeah. two matches and uh if only we actually got money for making this podcast. Right. <laughs> we would feel very comfortable asking for money now. It has started raining harder outside my uh, my window, so I don't know if that comes through on the mic. Okay. You I have, can't hear you. You have access now. Sweet. I think. Let me reload it. There we go. Awesome. All right. Okay. Moving on to number three. Yeah, let me uh, let me refresh the page here real quick before we. Did you write it in? Yeah. Oh, there we go. Just hadn't loaded. Did it not show up? No, no, no. It, yeah, we're good. Okay, all right. Moving on to the third round of the Battle City Beatdown Qualifiers. Jimmy, take it away. Everybody's heard about the bird soaring into the ring. It's the Peregrine Falcon. Hayabusa Knight. 
Tyler, I wrote that specifically for you because I know you would get my sword joke. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. You've heard ball is life, but now ball is death. You can run, but you can't hide from Mechanical Chaser. <laughs> uh, Mechanical Chaser versus Hayabusa Knight. Truly the match that I've been waiting for. Hayabusa Knight is a warrior effect monster with 1,000 attacks, 700 defense. Mechanical Chaser is a machine normal monster with 850 attack and 800 defense. Jimmy, tell me about the look of Mechanical Chaser here. Oh, God. I was hoping I wouldn't have to be the one to talk about Mechanical Chaser because what the hell am I looking at? This is... I mean, I'll tell you exactly what it is. This is a robot that's a tennis ball and also a jet. Yeah. And also like a bug. It's it's Cursed Golden Snitch. Yeah, that that's kind of what it looks like there. It is it is if you if you fed the golden snitch after midnight and it turned into a gremlin version of itself. Yeah. It's a sphere and it has like a tiny little robot helmet head. Mhm. Uh but it also has like jet engine fighter wings and it's got a whole bunch of arms sticking out. One is like a little grabby thing. It's got it has, a spear. It has seven arms to be exact. I don't know if that last one's an arm or what, but it's got like a spear, it has like a stabby scythe, it has a sword in one, and then two are just going off the edge and I can't see. Yeah, it's got a a sword donger. (laughs) Just kind of hanging straight down there. But yeah, it's just got right out, right down the middle, it's got a big sword. It's a dick, okay? It's, yep. Or like, uh, like a ball on a stick. If you took a tennis ball and stuck it on a fence post. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, The card text for for Mechanical Chaser, the card text is a hunter that relentlessly pursues its target by order of the Machine King. Wow. Well, there you go. I have to say this guy doesn't look very frightening. Well, I mean, if something with that many swords was coming after you in the ring, that'd be uh, that'd be that'd be something else. Uh, That's tell true. me about a card that you're maybe more excited for off the top here is Hayabusa Knight. Hayabusa Knight is um, it's basically a bird, uh, like a D and D character. There's no other way around it. It's a peregrine falcon, uh, humanoid. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got bird legs, it has some armor on it, and it has a big ol' cutlass, looks like. And a cape. Yeah, so yeah. Can't it's, forget the cape. And it has sort of... wing-shaped pauldrons. Oh, that's... Okay, I was trying to figure out, are those turtle shells? What other... No, 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 they're, they're wings. Uh, yeah, it's got kind of like this gold and white and green knight motif going on here, which I, I quite like. Uh, it... It makes me a little uncomfortable when birds are turned into people uh, because he doesn't have wings. Yeah, where's this poor guy's wings? They've been clipped. And I guess, I mean, I, I guess I'm just assuming gender here because of the color of the bird. I would assume that the brighter bird would be the male as in nature, but I guess uh, I don't know for certain because they've got a, a chest plate and a, 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 a tunic here that I guess could be for either gender bird any gender bird i don't know what the difference is between male and female peregrine falcons i mean neither of them are purple like this one so i guess it no. doesn't really <laughs> matter 
Uh, but let's let's read the card text here for each of these cards. Mechanical Chaser, as I said, is a hunter that relentlessly pursues its target by order of the Machine King. Hayabusa Knight says this card can make a second attack during each battle phase. Oh, that's pretty cool. So that's pretty good. Uh, how are you feeling? Kind of. Yeah, double strike. Yeah, yeah. How are you feeling? Kind of, kind of off the bat here. Boy, this one I'm not too excited either way. Mm. One's just a bird with a sword, and the other is a little robot ball with a sword. Yeah, yeah. So if we're looking at like attack points, mechanical chaser has the edge with 1850 attack versus Hayabusa Knight's 1000. Uh, defense, a slight edge to Mechanical Chaser as well, 18 compared to Hayabusa Knight 700. Uh, it really comes down to kind of what you're thinking as far as monster preferences here. You know, this is our first machine-type monster that we've seen here yeah. in the Battle City Beatdown. Uh, Mechanical Chaser to me just looks kind of stupid. Yes. It's not a terribly interesting or good-looking robot. That is that is true, but like if you th- you think of a hunting kill like a hunter killer robot, yes. you think of something like the Terminator. You think of uh, the hunter killers from Half Life Two. Sure. Uh, this is just like a tennis ball with wings, and it looks like something from a bad fifties movie. Okay, Jimmy, I'm going to show my hand here a little bit because I am certainly leaning mechanical chaser. Really? You uh, tell. D- absolutely. So I- I'm doing that for two reasons. One, I think that you're absolutely correct in that it is stupid looking. But I think that that might be a battle advantage for Mechanical Chaser because you would underestimate them in the ring. Oh, this is a, a battle bot scenario. This is this is a tactical look, choice. Where you're looking at this robot that looks completely stupid and suddenly it pulls a buzzsaw out of nowhere and it flips your robot flying into pieces. Exactly, exactly, except in a, except for a buzzsaw. Uh, in this case, that is about four different swords. Yeah, it's like a sword and a scythe and a spear and all kinds of stabbing implements. Right, plus it has not just normal wings, but as you pointed out, jet fighter airplane wings, uh, which appear to propel it quite quickly. The second reason that I'm leaning Mechanical Chaser, and maybe I can sway you with this, is that if we don't look at the card art for either of these cards, Hayabusa Knight just says that this card can make a second attack during each battle phase. Mechanical Chaser spins us a story. Mechanical Chaser gives us a sense of place. We learn the history of Mechanical Chaser there in the card text. Mechanical Chaser is a hunter that relentlessly pursues its target by order of the Machine King. We don't know why it's here in the ring. We don't know why it's come to Battle City Beatdown. We don't know what its aspirations are, but we know where it came from, and it came from a life of servitude to the Machine King and a, the life of a hunter. I have to say, you, you have, you've you swayed me. That's a very good uh, point you've made. That The entire concept of the Machine King just inspires all kinds of uh, interesting imagery. And at the end of the day, uh, just to move this podcast along, Hayabusa Knight is just a bird with a sword. Exactly. Exactly. As much as Thank I you. like him and his ability to make a second attack uh, during each battle phase, which is pretty useful, um, I'll I'm going to seed the the battle. 
to Mechanical Chaser. All right. The winner of round three of Battle City Beatdown Qualifiers is, ding, ding, Mechanical Chaser. You know what's, what else is stupid about it, though? Mechanical <laughs> Chaser is one word. <laughs> yeah. He's not a I'm mechanical not... <laughs> chaser. He's mechanical chaser. Jimmy, I'm not saying it's a good card. <laughs> I'm just saying it's the better of the two. Yeah, fair. All right. Uh, let's move along now to our next matchup here. Let me find it. Ah, there it is. Wonderful. Uh, round four of the Battle City Beatdown qualifiers. I'll go ahead and take this. He's big, and he's bad, so don't make him mad. Legally distinct from Ridley, it's Zero the Mant. And in the other corner, it's Saturday morning. He's a teenager with attitude, and you're looking like a low-budget monster. It's Cyber Raider. Cyber Raider is a level 4 machine monster, 1400 attack, 1000 defense. And Zero the Mant is a fiend ritual monster with 2,800 attack and 2,300 defense. It is truly uh, the, the the Raider versus the Mant here. Jimmy, tell me uh, tell me about these cards. How, how you feeling? Uh, well, I want I wrote this uh, intro for Zero the Mant, but it's true. He looks exactly like uh, Ridley from the Metroid series. Ridley from the Metroid series with Dracula's cape. Yeah, he looks like, uh, you know Dry Bowser? Mm-hmm. He looks like Dry Ridley. He's like the skeletal version of Ridley if he, like, fell in a lava pit and died and then also got jacked somehow, but, like, his skeleton got jacked? Yes, yes. Zero the Mant is somehow a skeleton that is buff. Yeah, he's a skeletal, dragon, almost alien-looking character with a... With a, just a really ridiculously large and over-the-top Dracula cape. And is that a Look human that. skull as the codpiece? He is wearing a skull as his codpiece. That's a baller move right there, <laughs> I gotta tell you. Man, that is just disrespectful. Now, in the other corner, uh, kind of playing the underdog here a little bit, uh, the newcomer to the ring, Cyber Raider, is <sighs> sort of like an... AU Batman, maybe an AU Black Panther. Really? That's I kinda, was going to say that he's more like the Power Rangers. Ooh, that's, you know what, that's better. why yeah. I described him like that. This is a Power Rangers-ass uh, quality villain. Yeah, yeah. Cyber Raider really has a... a uh, maybe not a villain. Uh, maybe a, a, a character. Hero. Yeah. Yeah. Cyber Raider has a blue uh, skin-tight sort of spandex suit with yellow lines going across it. Uh, and then the helmet that they're wearing is, obscures their face in darkness, but I don't know how to describe the <laughs> helmet itself. Uh, no. It's... It is, it's metal uh, in, in a couple of different ways, material and, and vibe. Um, but it has these two silver metal spikes coming up on top. It's like and, a and dual bladed trident, a Biden. Yeah. You will. Yeah. It's, a, it's got a Joe Biden on it. A Joe Biden. Uh, and then it has four yellow spikes, two pointing out the side and then two pointing forward. I guess sort of, this is sort of like for, 
And so he, no one can punch him in the face from any angle. Yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna say he, so he can headbutt from any angle, but that <laughs> works as well. Uh, let's take a look at the card text here. The card text for Cyberator says, "When this card is summoned, activate one of these effects." Effect number one: target one equipped card equipped to a monster on the field. Destroy that target. Effect number two: target one equipped card equipped to a monster on the field and equip that target to this card. Interesting. So, fewer attack points, but a fun power there. Let's take a look at Zero the Mant. Zero the Mant says, This card can only be ritual summoned with the ritual spell card, Zero Ritual. So, if you want Zero the Mant on your side of the field, you better work. Yeah, you gotta put some work in with Zero Ritual. Let's look at Zero Ritual, uh, just because. Yeah, tell, um, me, tell me the text on that. The card what kind of ritual, ritual, ritual summons Zero the Mant. You must also tribute monsters from the field or your hand whose total levels equal eight or more. Oh, I see. I see. So you got to kill you're... some powerful guys to bring out Zera. Right. So that would be it costs two Cyber Raiders, effectively, to summon Zero the Mant. Just kill him. <laughs> Just kill him. Uh, uh, Jimmy, how you feeling? How, how, how you feeling about this, this lineup here? Cyber Raider just looks low budget to me. You know, mm. he looks like a cheesy Saturday morning hero who's maybe like an, not an antagonist, but a... An a anti-hero. Yeah, yeah, an anti-hero to the regular heroes who drops in from time to time. Uh, I have to say, I really like Zero the Mant. I like his design. Uh, it's scary. It's intimidating. Uh, his cape is ridiculous. And so is his skull codpiece. <laughs> yes, every time I look at it, I giggle a little bit. Uh, Imagine I... who he killed, and then like he he hollowed out their skull, and now he's using it uh, to keep his his zero the mant his little mant safe. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I, I agree with you here. I think I think the ability that Cyber Raider brings to the table is very interesting. I like the ability to destroy or equip, uh, you know, equip cards. But, Jimmy, this is not a normal duel. This is the ring. We're in Battle City Beatdown. No one's got equip cards here. No, it's just this these is, guys. This is all about sheer strength and agility. Uh for that, I think I'm going to have to give Zero the Mant the edge. Yeah, I don't know what the Mant means, but I'm just looking at his, his claws here, and I feel like he could take out a Cyber Raider with just one swipe. Absolutely, absolutely. And the numbers play that out, too. You know, uh, Zero the Mant has 2,800 attack compared to Cyber uh, Raider's 1,400. So it's double the attack here. So, yeah, I think I'm going to have to give that one to Zero. Yeah, Zero will swipe Cyber Raider, and then like he'll just turn into a bunch of stacked meat slices. <laughs> well, if you're here for uh, some stacked cyber ham, <laughs> we'll give that round to Zero the Mant. All right. Zero the Mant. All right, let's move on to number five. <clears throat> Look out, this kitty's got claws and swords and spiked pauldrons. It's Panther Warrior! <laughs> ah, 
And in the other corner, you know him, you love him, this jouster's new jester, it's Gaia the Fierce Knight! Alright, Gaia the Fierce Knight, our old friend, is a warrior monster with 2300 attack and 2100 defense, Panther Warrior, a beast warrior monster, not just a normal warrior monster, weighing oh, I love in. that show. <laughs> weighing in at 2000 attack and 1600 defense. Panther Warrior, I will say, has maybe my favorite look so far. Uh, because you know how Hayabusa Knight had sort of that purple vibe with the the gold and white and green motif. Those same motifs are happening here in their costume. Uh, Panther Warrior has a large cutlass uh, with a golden hilt here and these ruby red gems inlaid. And what appears to be, in their other hand, a shield with sort of the same motif happening there. I couldn't tell if that was a shield in his other hand or if that was just like a really weird part of his scimitar sticking out. I think it's a shield is, is what I'm going to so. bet here. Uh, and they, they have a, a large blue and gold collar with those same ruby red gems inlaid. And then not just shoulder pauldrons here, Jimmy. No, they have spiked golden shoulder pauldrons and a large green cape, which I actually think is a large green half cape somehow. somehow it's they coming out of his to, shoulders, yeah. Yeah, so somehow it managed to stay large but also a half cape. Uh, also, we should point out he's a purple panther. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the other thing. <laughs> Hence Literally the name. a humanoid panther. In the other corner, we have Gaia the Fierce Knight. You know him. You love him. Uh, we've seen a lot of Gaia the Fierce Knight in Season 1. Gaia the Fierce Knight is a, uh, a, a lance knight riding atop a purple horse with a yellow mane uh, that has a sort of blue and red spiked bridle. Uh, Guy the Fierce Knight has blue armor with red spikes coming off of it, and I feel like this is maybe the most important feature of Guy the Fierce Knight. He's holding a lance in each hand. <laughs> he's got, he's two lancing it. He is dual wielding. Two Lance McGee over here. He saw Halo 2 and was like, yeah, I want to do that, but with stabby implements. Uh, Jimmy, how are you feeling just based on the art here? Uh, gosh, it's kind of a, a toss-up here. I feel like of the two, Panther Warrior is the most deviant art OC character I've ever seen. Yes, absolutely. Panther Warrior is let me draw your D&D character for you, whereas Guy of the Fierce Knight, I think, is like the art in the box. Yeah. He's got the horse. He's got... All kinds of cool armor and stuff. Um, and we've seen him in action before, so we know how he fights. Right, exactly. I, my exactly. initial feelings are just based on, like, the undefeated champion or whatever. We've seen Gaia the Fierce Knight before. I think he's got this match. You know what? I am going to agree with you here just for the sake of moving this along. Uh, and because I was looking at the card text here. Let me, let me justify this clear victory uh, with the card text. Guy of the Fierce Knight is a level 7 monster with 2300 attack and 2100 defense. That says, a knight whose horse travels faster than the wind. His battle charge is a force to be reckoned with. And over in the other corner, Panther Warrior's card text says that he is a level 4 beast warrior effect monster 
that has 2,000 attack and one, or pardon me, 1,600 defense. And the card text says, this card cannot declare an attack unless you tribute one monster. Unfortunately, Jimmy, that means that Panther Warrior is completely useless on their own. Panther Warrior cannot attack without another monster there to tribute. Gaia the Fierce Knight is the clear victor based on the text. That's true. Sorry, Panther Warrior. Sorry, Uh, not sorry. I do have to say, I'm looking on the Yu-Gi-Oh! website with all his information here. Mm -hmm. Uh, He does appear uh, later in Yu-Gi-Oh! GX um, in an episode called Pop Goes the Duel. (laughs) I mean, you know, that's... (laughs) And he looks way cooler in the screen cap here than he does in the card art, but... Uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to still die to uh, Gaia the Fierce Knight. So I'm going to give it to Gaia. Alrighty, that's round five. Going to Gaia the Fierce Knight. Let's move on down to the next uh, round here. I'll go ahead and take this one, Jimmy. From the Annabelle School of Creepy Magical Toys, this mystical mannequin's no dummy. It's Rogue Doll. From the depths of the sea, and as fierce as can be, you're gonna need a bigger boat for Great White. Great White versus Rogue Doll, round six here, the Battle City Beatdown qualifiers. Great White is a level four fish type monster with 1600 attack and 800 defense. Rogue Doll is also a level four, but a spellcaster monster with 1600 attack and 1000 defense. Jimmy, describe the art here. Let's start with Great White. Great White looks like, um, you know, have you, you've seen Street Sharks, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Great White here looks like one of the guys started turning into a street shark and then uh, failed halfway through. Because the top yeah. half is like a super beefy shark. And then he has two humanoid arms sticking out. And then just immediately he shrinks to like a quarter of the size for his little shark fin. It's yeah, it's, literally it's just the, a shark that has two human arms. It's sort of the halfway of the uh, the Animorphs cover. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm looking at his face here, and he just like looks like he's in pain. This poor shark man. Yeah, Great White kind of kind of realized. Oh wait a second, I need legs. Where are my legs? Where do my <laughs> oh, legs go? Ow! ow. Uh, meanwhile, Rogue also he Doll... has a uh, a remora uh, attached to him. You see that? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, already dealing with uh, with some groupies there, it looks like. Uh, meanwhile, Rogue Doll, not to be confused with Rolled Doll, uh, is... Uh, how, how would you describe Rogue Doll? I, I was struggling with this just to come up with the description for the intro for this card. I don't know how to even begin describing Rogue Doll. I think we'll start with Rogue Doll appears to be wearing a large purple cloak. Uh, and then where the head would be is not a face, uh, but sort of a sort of an orb with a lightning bolt down the middle. Uh, and then below that Two is a humanoid slits. face. Yeah, a couple of eye slits there. But below that is what I would call the face, uh, sort of a carved stone woman's face. Uh, with a, a large necklace sort of thing, and then the two uh, brooches for the cloak. 
and then coming out right about where uh, that face's ears would be are these two mechanical kind of arms. They look like stone, but I'm going to guess they're actually wood uh, based on kind of the movement of this doll. And then in their left hand, they're holding a red scepter with uh, these two gold points, one on either end. It's really sort of unsettling to look at. Very, very unsettling. Uh, I'll read the card text for both these cards. The rogue doll card text says, A deadly doll gifted with mystical power. It is particularly powerful when attacking against dark forces. Meanwhile, Great White says, A giant white shark with razor-sharp teeth. Just a big Uh, shark. Yeah. Jimmy, how how are you feeling about this matchup here? I feel like just in concept... A uh, great white pales in comparison to Rogue Doll. Great white is just a shark with arms. That's true. That's true. Great white looks like a failed experiment. Like you said, he's like the midpoint of an anamorph. I do. <laughs> he think... does not look like he's having a good time. I do think in the lineup between literal shark and children's play thing, I do think I have to give the edge to the shark, but I, I see what you mean there. Based on the art alone, Great White does not appear to be having a good time in the ring. And this uh, is not a regular doll. This is this is Annabelle. This is a Chucky. This is a doll that has been possessed by mystic powers. And importantly, I think mystic powers for good. This is a light type monster that is especially effective against dark forces. Yeah, so this I, is, I, I think so this could be the yeah, this could be the hero that the the possessed doll world has needed. This is this is not an Annabelle. This is the Antibelle. <laughs> yes, this is this is Annabelle that has done a face turn. Yeah, this is. I'm trying to figure out where its face is actually, and I think it's the top one, and it's just like a mask. And then mm, it's, a, it's sort of a distraction having yeah, the, the middle face. The middle face is more like a Gurren Lagann sort of anime, a giant face in the middle of the body kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I I think I agree with you it's there. It's more ornamental. I think, based on what we've said here, I think then we might have to give the advantage to Rogue Doll. How are you feeling about that? I, I'm feeling that the same way. All right, well, let's go ahead and call it there, then. This round let's goes to... let poor Great White out of his misery. <laughs> he just looks Smile, pained. you great big son of a... Uh, yeah, you know, Great White, I think, needs to take a lie down. Let's, let's <laughs> let Great White get some rest. Rogue Doll takes it, winning the sixth round here of Battle City Beatdown. All right. Ooh. All right, let's move into round seven. The Battle City Beatdown qualifiers. Jimmy, take it away. It's the Wyvern of War, the Drake of Destruction. It's not a dragon, it's Curse of Dragon. And in the other corner, he's a malevolent mime, a putrescent Pagliacci. This horrifying harlequin will cast a spell on you. It's Saggy the Dark Clown. <laughs> but doctor, I am Saggy the Dark Clown. <laughs> Saggy the Dark Clown is a level 3 spellcaster monster with 600 attack and 1500 defense. Curse of Dragon, we've seen before, uh, is a level 5 normal monster, dragon normal monster, pardon me, with 2000 attack and 1500 defense. Jimmy, how are we feeling about the card art here? Let's uh, let's describe these uh, these combatants. Uh, Saggy the Dark Clown is just 
We, well, we've talked about him before. He's just kind of unsettling to look at. He's a clown. He's very skinny. Um, his face is almost like a Picasso painting. Yeah, yeah. Lots of lots of angles happening there. Yeah, and he's just kind of a kind of uh, not not like a circus clown, but like a a Harlequin kind of jester. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is sort of uh, evil taco from the adventure t- adventure zone. Is is what I'm yeah. Uh, we talk about Taco a lot on this show, I just realized. Uh, Welcome to the podcast. It's actually about other podcasts. Right, you know, you know. Uh, and Curse of Dragon is explicitly not a dragon, I guess. But Curse of Dragon looks like a dragon skeleton that has, uh, the bones have sort of fused together. You see sort of a skeletal outline of a dragon. The wings are each one solid bone piece. Yeah, it looks uh, like it's see... made out of stone or some stone-like material. Oh, it could be. It could be. Uh, and then we see uh, little bits of sort of muscle and ligament through these sort of uh, portholes into uh, the Curse of Dragon's interior working. Uh, Curse of Dragon is very scary. Sag of the Dark Clown is uh, also very scary. <laughs> but for different reasons. But for different reasons, yeah. Let's take a look at the card text here. Sag of the Dark Clown says... Uh, this clown appears from nowhere and executes very strange moves to avoid enemy attacks. Meanwhile, Curse of Dragon says a wicked dragon that taps into dark forces to execute a powerful attack. So we've got a we've got a, a dark clown sort of jumping around, avoiding the attacks. Meanwhile, Curse of Dragon is uh, swooping in and out using dark powers to perform a very powerful attack. Jimmy, how, how are we feeling about this matchup? Uh, I feel like uh, just by card art, uh, Curse of Dragon has a clear advantage in that he's flying. Um, he just looks super cool. Um, whereas Saggy the Dark Clown is just kind of unsettling. Yeah, that's yeah, that's fair. He looks creepy and weird. I don't really like him. Also, his name is Saggy. <laughs> right, and and as much as the card art or the uh, the card text might say that you know he's executing very strange moves to avoid enemy attacks, uh, there's no way we're gonna see that actually mechanically play out in the ring. If these two went head to head, just based on the attack power alone, Curse of Dragon is the clear winner. Oh yeah, they have the same defense, but uh, Curse of Dragon would absolutely annihilate Saggy. Absolutely, whether or not he's in attacker defense mode. Tell what's the name of that uh, that guy in Soul Caliber who has all the weird moves and crawls around on all fours? Voldo. Voldo. Saggy the Dark Clown, just from his description, sounds like he would move like Voldo. Yes. Yes. I think I think that is correct. That feels right to me. <laughs> they have and by the, right, I mean incredibly wrong. <laughs> they have much the same energy. They do. They really do. Uh, I I think I have to give this one to Curse of Dragon. I I, I agree. All no right. question. Round seven of the Battle City Beatdown qualifiers goes to Curse of Dragon. Is this a dragon yelling "fuck"? <laughs> All right, let's move into round eight here. Round eight. This belligerent bug's got you marked for death. It's the greater of two weevils, Skullmark Ladybug. If you come at this king, you're gonna miss. Is this Twitter? Because you're getting blocked by Big Shield Gardner. 
It Jimmy, these worth, intros are excellent. These it was are excellent. worth writing all this out just to see the look on your face when you read them. These are really good. Uh, Big Shield Gardena is a level 4 warrior effect monster with 100 attack but 2600 defense. And Skullmark Ladybug is a level 4 insect effect monster with 500 attack and 1500 defense. Jimmy, this is sort of the round where uh, neither monster has, has very high attack, but they both got pretty high defense as a result. How are you feeling about the uh, about the art here? Let's let's get into the how they look. You want to start with Skullmark Ladybug because I really do. I say Skullmark Ladybug, and it's already pretty obvious what it looks like. It's a ladybug with uh, like a giant skull and crossbones on its back, on its shell. Yeah, this is sort of if you picture just a giant blue insect. Uh, it's got six golden legs, uh, sort of big uh, pincer mandible thingamahoozits. Uh, but then it's got like a bug version of the Jolly Roger on its back. Uh, it's a Skulltula. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This this is the way that you know that this is either a collectible in a video game or incredibly poisonous. Yeah, or both. Or both. You never know. Uh, meanwhile, Big Shield Gardena is... Uh, <laughs> it's literally just a guy with a big shield. Yeah, yeah. This is sort of this is sort of a, a Goku type hair, big flowing black hair. Uh, would probably be a very good look, but we don't see most of it because they're behind this giant purple and gold shield. Yeah, and it's a weird like a triangle shaped shield. Yeah, so we we still get a, a pretty good shot at the head, but the rest of the body is is covered. Uh, which seems like an interesting choice for a shield. You might want to protect the head as well if you're going to yeah, have a shield I that big. Yeah, I feel like but... of the parts of the body you want to protect, head is like at least one or two. Right, right. Uh, let's look at the card uh, text here. So the card text for Skullmark Ladybug is, when this card is sent to the graveyard, increase your life points by 1,000 points. Tyler, that's really freaking good. That's a lot. That is a uh, lot. Meanwhile, Big Shield Gardener says when a spell card is activated that targets this face-down card and no other cards, it has a quick effect. And that quick effect is this. Change this card to face-up defense position, and if you do, negate the activation. If this card is attacked, change it to the attack position at the end of the damage step. So this card effectively counterspells spells that uh, target it. And if it is attacked, it uh, is changed into attack position at the end of that damage step. Uh, unfortunately, that doesn't mean that it opens it up for another attack after that damage step. But there's a pretty good chance that that first attack is not getting through. It's, How are we feeling about these? I have to say, based just on the... I'm usually a card art and like flavor kind of guy. Mm -hmm. But Skullmark Ladybug increases your life points by a thousand points Tyler, yeah. you start off at two thousand points yeah this guy gives you 50 percent more life just by squishing this bug absolutely and i think i think starting off if we're talking about early uh early match starting off with skullmark ladybug in defense mode is going to give you much more return on your investment than uh, uh big shield gardener uh because 
is going to be good in defense mode. You can protect against a lot of attacks that way. And anything that comes in over 1,500 attack while that card is in defense mode, you gain 1,000 life. So even if there's something like, uh, you know, what was that one from the bonus episode we did that had, like, trample damage? Oh, yeah. Even if the card somehow gets through and attacks your life points as well, you have extra life points to play around with. That is an insane advantage. Yeah, absolutely. They say the best offense is a good defense, Big Shield Gardener, but... You know what else is a good offense? Having 1,000 more life points than your opponent. <laughs> All right. I think I think that settles it then, and we're going to give this one to Skullmark Ladybug. Yay. All right. Let's move on to round nine. Jimmy, I'll let you take this one. Do you want to? I've been typing these out here. I'll type out Big Field Garden in the. Oh, okay. Wait. Ladybug. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> a post-judgment upset here as Jimmy types in the wrong name. Go away. <clears throat> this this matchup, I think, is kind of dumb. This is one of those that we well, had to get out of the way. Yeah. Because here we go. Every light has its shadow, and this horse is a real nightmare. It's Dark Zebra. <laughs> this woman is big, but her sword's even bigger. The barbarian babe with the barbarian blade. It's Amazonist swordswoman. Jimmy, I don't even think we need to spend time on this one. No. Uh, Dark Zebra is a zebra with a unicorn horn. Tyler. Amazonist swordswoman is a woman in a bikini holding a sword. That that's really all either of these. It's called Tyler. Have. It's called a dark zebra. It's an inverted version of a regular zebra. But how can you tell? They're zebras. It's still black and white. Right. This it's... is a black zebra with white stripes. Regular zebras are white with black stripes. You know it. I don't it, know. Yeah, it's fine uh it has a unicorn horn that's something uh dark zebra has 1800 attack and 400 defense whereas amazonist swordswoman has 1500 attack and 1600 defense jimmy i'm gonna tell you straight up right now i'm giving this to the amazonist swordswoman yeah we don't even need to describe amazonist swordswoman just by saying amazonist swordswoman you know what she looks like you know right exactly she is an actual combatant here, whereas Dark Zebra is a zebra that somebody has glued a horn onto. <laughs> it is a horse, and over here we have a giant woman with a huge frickin' sword. Right, right. <laughs> she is going to stab the horse. Moving on. Moving right along. Let's give that one to Amazonist Swordswoman and move into... Uh, what was that? Was that round nine? Let's move into round ten. Yeah. Uh, let me find this one in our bracket It is here, on the other so side. Can... Oh, it is. Look at us moving right along. Uh, all right, here we are. I'm looking forward to hearing you read this one. Yeah, this is uh, this is one. I'm gonna be honest with you. This is a matchup that I've been very much looking forward to. In this corner, ooh ee, ooh ah ah, ting tang, walla walla bing bang. This witch doctor knows just the magic words to ensure your demise. It's Grand Tiki Elder. In the order, <laughs> in in the other corner, where's the beef? It'd be a mistake 
to take on this monstrous minotaur, <laughs> it's Battleox. Oh, I, I'm so glad I wrote that down. Just to hear you say, ooh, ee, ooh, ah, ah, ting, ting, lol, bing, bang. Round 10 has brought us to Grand Tiki Elder, which has 1,500 attack and 800 defense to level 4 Fiend, and Battle Ox, which is a level 4 Beast Warrior monster with 1,700 attack and 1,000 defense. Jimmy, let's start with the card art on Battle Ox, please. Uh, we've seen Battle Ox before. It's, we have. Uh, very straightforward. It is an armored minotaur who is very, very angry and has a sword that's like a giant fish hook, maybe? Yeah, it looks it looks like a J, basically. It's yeah. a sword that is also a J. Uh, it's like they couldn't decide what kind of sword they wanted to make, so they just made all of them. It's extremely anime. The card text for Battleox says, A monster with tremendous power. It destroys enemies with a swing of its axe. Oh, I guess oh. it's an axe. Yeah. yeah, I can kind of see that. It's a, it's a it's a sword that is also an axe. It's a swax. <laughs> Let me swax you something. Uh, meanwhile, moving over to Grand Tiki Elder. Grand Tiki Elder has sort of a green flowy body. A green, a green. How would you describe their form? They're sort of thin but almost stretchy. Like a, it's like a frog person almost. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they've got lots of gold jewelry, lots of bracelets, uh, sort of a short purple cape with a, a tall collar, and then a purple mask with gold inlays, giving sort of a tiki-esque face, uh, and then several tiki masks hanging off of their necklace. Uh, the card art for Grand Tiki Elder, pardon me, the card text for Grand Tiki Elder says, a masked monster that wields the most deadly of curses. Wow. That's some deadly curses. Not just curses, Jimmy. The most deadly curses. So we are now in a curse v. swax battle. <laughs> curse versus swax. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you, Jimmy. I have to give the advantage here to Battleox. Really? Battleox really feels like he could do some damage in the ring. Uh, in with the the swacks or not, Battleox appears to be a, a force to contend with. He's got uh, what is that, seventeen hundred attack compared to the uh, Grand Tiki Elders fifteen hundred. That's true. I'm really feeling the Battleox in this uh, this sort of first round here. Well, let me counter with this: Battleox is boring. <laughs> it's okay, a minotaur. Okay, fair. okay, we get it. It's not a terribly compelling. Uh, sort of card, whereas on the other hand, Grand Tiki Elder is this mystical witch doctor who's using all kinds of mystical scary abilities uh, to hex battle ox and has done so before judging by all the masks that they're wearing Oh, this I a, see This yeah, is the... an honored elder of the Tiki the... village? And are you arguing that the masks are previous opponents? Probably, or they grant different abilities, depending oh, on like how they're well. worn. Either way. Either way, it's pretty good. This guy's got some Kanoki on him. <laughs> this is, uh, what's the what's the Tiki mask from uh, Crash Bandicoot? Oh, I have no idea. I'm sure okay. some many of our listeners are yelling at their speakers right now. You PS1 uh, kids know what I'm talking about. Uh, you know what? 
I, Jimmy, you have swayed me. I agree. Battlelocks might make more. Battlelocks might be the safe choice, I think, here, but I forgot that Grand Tiki Elder was wielding the most deadly of curses. <laughs> the most deadly. I think just so I, for through flavor and art, um, Grand Tiki Elder is the winner here. All right. Grand Tiki Elder clinches it. He's spooky. He's spooky. He's scary. He's the Grand Tiki Elder. I told uh, the witch doctor right. I was in love with you. And then the witch doctor, he told me what to do. He told me, ooh, ee, ooh, ah, ah, ting, ting, walla, walla, bing, bang. <laughs> All right. Well, that's round 10 to uh, Grand Tiki Elder. Round 11 is another round that I have been very much looking forward to, Jimmy. I'm going to let you take it away with the introductions. <clears throat> it's the overlord of ooze, the mogul of mucus, that gelatinous guy, humanoid slime. And in the other corner of the ring, you've got a true alloy in this ingot tot. It's the electric... Tyler's shaking his head at me. It's the electric tyke with nerves of steel. Beta the magnet warrior. Beta, the Magnet Warrior, is a rock-type monster with 1,700 attack and 1,600 defense. And Humanoid Slime is a aqua monster with 800 attack and 2,000 defense. Jimmy, let's talk about the artwork for Beta, the Magnet Warrior. Tyler, this is the cutest goddamn creature I've ever seen in Yu-Gi-Oh!, Beta the Magnet Warrior could easily be a Yu-Gi-Oh character, a Digimon character, and a Pokemon all at once. He, this, this guy, I'm surprised they didn't make him the mascot, because this is a series-carrying uh, character design. He's like a little round-headed... Oh, shut up, Siri. I was talking about Beta the Magnet about... Warrior, and Siri thought I was talking to her. About oh. Beta the Magnet Warrior, but I wasn't. Maybe Siri has some feelings about the uh, about the Magnet Warrior here. It it is a robotic sort of creature. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, just a cutest little metal guy, uh, and his ears are to the two poles of one of those horseshoe magnets. Right. And his both of his hands are also little uh, horseshoe magnets. And then he's got little feet and just two cute little beady eyes. <laughs> so we've got an adorable magnetic warrior on one hand and on the other hand we have a grotesque alien thing humanoid slime so jimmy you know in terminator the uh the t is it the t2000 that's the uh the liquid metal that's uh, i think it's a t1000 is it the 1000 i can never keep their numbers straight but the the liquid metal Terminator yes, uh, from the Terminator T-1000. 2. Uh, the T-1000. It's sort of that in the liquid state. Uh, one hand is trying to become a hand. The other hand appears to be turning into a scythe. Yeah. And they're wearing this sort of alien... Uh, it looks sort of like... Um, Protoss. Yeah, Protoss or... Uh, who are the, the aliens that make the clones in Star Wars... Oh, the Kaminoans. Yes, yes. I wanted to say the Kimonos, but the Kaminos is what I was looking for. The 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 Kaminoan uh, aliens. It looks very the much Kamino like something they acids. would wear. It's it's sort of this gold uh, chest piece and like skirt type thing with blue gem inlays. 
it's it's sleeveless, which is always a good look, and its shoulders kind of come up in these uh, not spikes, but sort of a flared wing kind of look. Yeah, it's the pretty card text, cool actually. The card text for both of them is is, is pretty interesting. Uh, the card text for humanoid slime says this slime apparently has some human genes in its genetic makeup. Apparently. Apparently. <laughs> I don't know. Whereas, You're the card makers. You tell me. Whereas Beta the Magnet Warrior says, Alpha, Beta, and Gamma meld as one to form a powerful monster. So Beta is part of a team here. Beta is part of the Magnet Warrior uh, gang, and they combine to make a powerful warrior. Uh, whereas Humanoid Slime apparently has some human DNA in its amorphous blobby self. Jimmy, how are you feeling about these cards? Tyler, I am in love with Beta the Magnet Warrior. This guy truly are. is precious. This guy is like the Pokemon you would have as your personal companion. Yeah, you know? I think I think Beta the Magnet Warrior is for Yu-Gi-Oh! what Pikachu is for Pokemon. He looks very similar to Pikachu. If Pikachu was more like Magnemite. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It has a, a Magnemite vibe going on. I mean, because of the magnets, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but also, yeah, it's got kind of the the metal, floaty, electric kind of vibe going, which yeah. I like. I have to say, I like Beta the Magnet Warrior more than Karibo. Whoa. <laughs> I think he's that, a lot cuter. Them some fighting words, my guy. But for the purposes of this match, I think I'll let that slide. Uh I agree with you. I think as interesting as humanoid slime is and how much I want to know exactly what uh, human DNA it has in its slimy self. Yeah, I want to know. I'm not that interested. Yeah, compared to Beta the Magnet Warrior, who is uh, just absolutely adorable, uh, he pales in comparison. I'm going to have to give it to Beta. Absolutely. Even though... Humanoid Slime's gold armor is not magnetic and would be uh, resistant to Beta the Magnet Warrior's magnetic powers. I have to give this to Beta the Magnet Warrior as well, who we will give the win for round 11 of the Battle City Beatdown qualifiers. Oh, Beta the Magnet Warrior. (laughs) All right, Jimmy, let's move on into round 12. It's the Puffball of Pain who brings even the most powerful monsters to their knees. The fuzzy fiend who needs no introduction, Karibo. Speak of the devil. In the other corner, in the other corner, her sweet music will be the last thing you hear, the instrument of destruction, spirit of the harp. Get Jimmy, it. spirit of the harp. What? Get it, instrument of destruction. But I'm bum, but I'm bum. Ha ha. Jimmy, Spirit of the Harp is a level 4 fairy monster with 800 attack and 2,000 defense, and Karibo is a level 1 fiend monster with 300 attack and 200 defense. Let's talk about the art real quick. We've seen Karibo. We know what Karibo looks like. Let's talk about the art for Spirit of the Harp. Yeah, Spirit of the Harp uh, is this woman with green hair and green eyes, but she's cloaked head to toe in this... Uh, almost like a Middle Eastern garb. And she, yeah, I'm trying yeah, to figure out what she is. it's kind of hard to tell. It's, it's a big brown cloak that appears to be just sort of a full body thing. Yeah, kind of a golden brown sort of. Yeah, yeah. 
just mustard let's say yeah it's it's mustard colored uh i'm trying to figure out what the heck is going on on her ears yeah the ear looks sort of like a blue uh it looks like a chain lock (laughs) where it's just sort of there's a hole and then a line that goes down from that they're like really ineffectual uh headphones yeah it looks it's the same color and shape as the ocarina of time Continuing yeah, the Zelda yeah. Uh, and she apparently has a big old harp because we see the bottom of it, but we don't sure don't see the side or top. Uh, just a bunch of strings going up to the top of the card art and disappearing over the horizon. Right. And as we learned from uh, previous cards where art has gone off the screen, when this happens, we have to assume that that art extends infinitely. <laughs> Infinite strings. Uh, it's string theory. She is the string theorist. She controls the universe. Uh, And in the other corner, we have Karibo, our brown furry friend uh, with green claws, uh, green green sort of hands and feet with claws, and then these big sort of Pac-Man looking purple eyes. Uh, Karibo, we've seen a lot in season one, and we saw a winged version of Karibo in our GX bonus episode. Uh, Karibo is sort of the de facto mascot for a lot of people, as you were saying, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Karibo uh, is uh, the Tribble. Karibo is the Pikachu. Yes. Yeah, The the it's sort of the Tribble meets Mogwai of the Yu-Gi-Oh! world. Uh, how are you feeling about this matchup? I feel like just the, the history of Karibo and how it's able to uh, overcome any perceived obstacles, even if it's completely outmatched gives it an advantage here uh i don't feel like spirit of the harp is terribly interesting uh Mm. to look at or even just in the card text it's stronger than kuribo for sure but a lot of things are a lot of dead things are yeah most most things are stronger than kuribo but i think spirit of the harp lacks the charisma that it takes to really succeed in the ring uh moving forward yeah Let's look at the card text here just real quick. I think I can tell which way we're leaning, but the card text for Spirit of the Harp says, a spirit that soothes the soul with the music of its heavenly harp. Whereas Karibo's card text says, during your opponent's turn at damage calculation, you can discard this card. You take no battle damage from that battle. This is a quick effect. So Spirit of the Harp, soothing music, Karibo, sort of a get-out-of-damage-free card. I think, Jimmy, we're going to have to give this one to Karibo. I would definitely agree. Karibo has uh, a lot of history to it, a lot of charisma to it. Spear of the Harp is just a lady with a harp. Not even a lady, a spirit with a harp. Yeah, yeah. It's Uh, soothing, but this is a fight. Right. It's it's a welcome sort of... uh, entrant into the ring i'm glad to see spirit of the harp here but i don't think they're gonna make it that far honestly and, no. and, and frankly i i would rather spirit of the harp go out on a high note than uh fall flat yeah uh it's a it's a worthy battle losing to karibo yeah it's karibo yeah, absolutely absolutely all right that's round 12 giving it to karibo there we go. Round 13, Jimmy. I have not heard of either of these contestants. 
but here we are. <laughs> uh, why don't you uh, Why don't you introduce the next lineup for me? This pugilist porker is about to go ham on your ass. It's the whole hog boar soldier, and quite possibly the best named that we've seen so far. She's rude, she's crude, and she's not here to make friends. Give it up for the unfriendly Amazon. <laughs> All right, the unfriendly Amazon is a level four warrior effect monster with 2,000 attack and 1,000 defense, whereas the boar soldier is a beast warrior effect monster with 2,000 attack and 500 defense. Uh, Jimmy, where should we start here? Uh, let's start with Boar Soldier. I think it's pretty boar straightforward. Soldier. Yeah, it's a, it's a boar that's a sort of humanoid. It's a big man. And is wearing stereotypical sort of Japanese soldier armor. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost samurai armor, not quite. Uh, I think the most interesting thing about Boar Soldier, besides being a humanoid boar, is their weapon is a large <laughs> stick with an even larger rock tied to it. <laughs> it's a rock tied to a stick. This guy is wearing armor, and he is wielding a rock tied to a stick with some twine. Right. It's not an axe. It's not a sword. It's not, you know, even just a stick, right? It's yeah. just I wanted to make this stick heavier. Exactly. This is exactly Which... what I would picture uh, a pig coming up with as a weapon. Yeah, and I, I can kind of I can respect that in a way. Yeah, you know, it it makes some kind of sense to me. Meanwhile, in the other corner, a soul still burns for the unfriendly Amazon, uh, who is literally just a Soul Caliber character. <laughs> that is extremely true. She's got the pose down and everything. Uh, unfriendly Amazon is uh, a a woman in sort of a. How would you describe her outfit? It's super it's sort of, anime. She's yeah, got all like kinds a, of wrappings around her right. torso and forming uh, like a skirt around her and on her legs that she it's just like a has. Typical anime ninja lady costume. Yeah, she's got it's just big sheets of fabric she's got wrapped around herself, but she has some uh, upper chest armor and sh- some spiked pauldrons. Um, she has very long purple braided hair and a um, a bandana that she's kind of wrapped around her head that is super long and is blowing in the wind because she's standing uh, in a storm in the rain in this sort of purple environment as the rain pours down on her. And she's just kind of glaring unfriendlyly into the distance. <laughs> And Jimmy, I will say about the bandana, the two ends of the bandana are flowing off off the edges of the card art. So I also have to assume that this bandana goes on infinitely. Uh, I also want to point out her sword here, if we're talking about weapons. Oh, yeah, she has uh, the sword, sword is, planted in the ground. It's got like a purple hilt and then a green glowing gem. But then what looks to be a very sort of like naturalistic, almost uh, like... Not f- like flesh, but like it's that's very not a organic metal look. makes. Yeah, going up uh, the the blade of the sword, uh, which is a pretty good look actually. It's very again soul caliber esque. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna look up the soul the soul caliber. 
Uh, okay, I thought it looked different from that, but it does look very evil. Yeah, yeah it looks not unfriendly. Not necessarily evil. Um, no, but unfriendly. It's definitely alive. I'd give it that oh, much. Oh, yeah. This is yeah. an enchanted sword. It's got something going on with it. Absolutely. Uh, let's take a look at the card text here. The card text for Unfriendly Amazon says, Offer one of your monsters on the field as a tribute, excluding this monster, during each of your standby phases. If you cannot, this card is destroyed. Monsters used for a tribute summon or that are offered as tributes due to other cards' effects are excluded. So it's so unfriendly <laughs> that every turn you have to discard another card as tribute. You have to get rid of your other monsters to keep her around. Right. She is uh, a meanwhile, meanwhile, Boar Soldier says, This card can only be summoned by a flip summon, uh, which is where it starts off face down and then it is, it is flipped on your next turn. Uh, if summoned by a normal summon, the card is destroyed. Wow. If your opponent has one or more monsters under his or her control, the attack of this card is decreased by 1,000 points. Dang. So, so this is actually a, a perfect lineup pretty much because Boar Soldier only really does well against one monster, and Unfriendly Amazon only really does well when she's the only monster. Yeah. Uh I have to point out, that's kind of lame that Boar Soldier, if your opponent has any monsters whatsoever, it can't do anything. Well, more than one. And it's not that it can't do anything. One it just or has, more. It, has, it halves an attack. Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. I, I misread that. So if there is any other monster on the field, or on your opponent's side of the field, rather, this monster's attack is halved. Okay, well, I think numbers alone, then, that gives the edge to the unfriendly Amazon. Yes, I would agree. Um, which I, going into this, did not see coming. I think uh, the unfriendly Amazon uh, just has a hilarious name. She's unfriendly. <laughs> she is not here to make that's friends. True. In the, that's uh, true. In the, 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 the live TV show of this event... Uh, in her off-screen interview, she's uh, saying she's not here to make friends. In the, yeah, you in know, the reality you... TV sort of intro. Right. You hear that from a lot of contestants, but I think based on art, based on mechanics, based on everything, I think the unfriendly Amazon is really going to hold up her end of the, uh, the bargain here. She is truly not here to make friends. <laughs> yeah, and she's got this cool sword, whereas Boar Soldier has a rock tied to a stick. Uh, I think the unfriendly Amazon stands alone. I think you're right. I think we're going to have to give round 13 to the unfriendly Amazon. All right. All right, there it is. Moving on to number 14. Our penultimate round of this competition. Jimmy, in this corner, he's half horse, half man, and half ox. This beefy warrior's bite is worse than his bark. It's Rabbit Horseman. My favorite Netflix original show. Uh, she might be cold-blooded, but this Medusa is here to kick some asp. Get your gorg on. It's the snake hair. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, my word. The Snake Hair is a level 4 zombie monster with 1,500 attack and 1,200 defense. The Rabid Horseman is a level 6 beast warrior fusion monster with 2,000 attack and 1,700 defense. J. 
Jimmy, let's talk about the snake hair real quick. Describe this art for me. Uh, I looked directly at it, and then I turned to stone. Sorry. End of the podcast. <laughs> Whoops. Uh-oh. Uh, it's literally just Medusa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, except <laughs> green. Uh, notably, she's a zombie type. She is. Yeah, which I thought was interesting. You, she doesn't look like a zombie, but eh, maybe there's something there. Yeah, it's just a close-up shot of Medusa's head with all her snakes coming out, and she's looking directly at you and extending her hand. Uh, Why did they call her the Snake Hair instead of Medusa or Gorgon? I don't know. It's a stupid name. Do you think perhaps Medusa was, like, copyrighted at the time? (laughs) Copyright uh, 20 BC by the ancient Greeks. Is there another monster in Yu-Gi-Oh called Medusa or Gorgon? I don't think so. I don't think so. I haven't heard of them. But of course, I don't know jack shit about Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Fair enough. Uh, Meanwhile, in the other uh, corner of the ring, Jimmy, your description was dead on. Rabid Horseman is uh, a horse body with a minotaur... uh, Okay, so it's a centaur. It's a centaur, but the other half is minotaur. Right, exactly. So it it's is a actually, it's Battle Ox from uh, not that long ago, a couple rounds ago, uh, on a horse. And yeah, that's literally what it is, actually. That's, that's uh, the, the whole thing. In the card text, this is what happens when you combine Battle Ox and Mystic Horseman. They horribly combine into Rabid Horseman. Yeah, so I think on the art aspect, I'm going to have to give the edge to the snake hair. On the naming aspect, I'm going to have to give the edge to Rabbit Horseman. <laughs> but what makes him rabid? Did, was he bitten that's, by a raccoon? That's a really good question. I think Battleox maybe has just been rabid this whole time. <laughs> uh, but let's look at the card text here. Maybe maybe the card text will, will help us out a little bit. So Rabbit Horseman is a fusion monster. So all its text says is Battleox plus mystic horseman now the mystic part is interesting there to me maybe that's where the the rabidity comes from uh and the snake hair says a monster with a head of poison snakes one look from this monster can turn an opponent to stone that's pretty cool that's pretty cool Jimmy, how are, you, how are you feeling about this lineup? I don't know. I have, I have my feelings here. This is an interesting uh, matchup. Uh, I feel like it could go either way. Um, the snake hair is cool, but it doesn't have its turn to stone ability like mechanically. No, it's just I, flavor text. I feel like would be cool. And if they put it in the anime ever, I feel like we'd get to see more of that. Um, but Rabbit Horseman is a, a much more interesting card because it's a fusion summon and it's Mm -hmm. because it's like three creatures mashed into one yeah yeah what what are you thinking see i'm thinking the snake hair yeah is is where i'm at because so you made this argument about battle ox rabbit horseman is kind of boring (laughs) Like, yes, it's a fusion, and it's funny that it's a centaur with a minotaur torso. But other than that, it's kind of like, yeah, I see what your deal is here. The snake hair has a sense of mystery about it. Like, it 
looks like a Medusa, but it's called the snake hair. Is this Medusa's little sister? Is this, is this, you know, is there more to the backstory here of this card that we're missing out on? Maybe. Uh, that maybe we could explore in future rounds as they progress through this competition. With the Rabbit Horseman, I'm afraid that we're just going to get the same Rabbit Horseman vibe every round if they continue. Whereas, I don't know what we're going to get from the Snake Hair. That's true. I will say that Rabbit Horseman is much more interesting than Battle Ox. That's true. That wasn't difficult, though. That was a yeah. low bar. That was a low bar but, to beat. But if we're talking about just these two monsters, I think the snake hair is more interesting to me. You think so? Because I feel like a centaur and a medusa are about the same level of interestingness, just in terms That's, of like yeah. ancient myths and stuff. Well, okay, so but let's. A medusa let's has your... a, a slight edge though with her turned of stuff to stone just by looking at him. And as you said, like, that's only flavor text, but let's picture future rounds here. You know, what if whoever wins this round goes up against, say, a Blue-Eyes White Dragon? Who would have a better chance against a, a known, powerful, popular card? That's true. I feel like if we're giving not just, like, flavor text and stuff into this scenario, uh, I would have to say Snake Hair. Even and though it, I, her name is freaking dumb as shit. <laughs> it's it's the worst, but it goes back to the argument that we made for Spirit of the Harp. It's about charisma. That's true. And I think if we're talking about who can get the most fans in the ring against an established favorite, it's going to be the snake hair. You know what? I would agree. Rabbit Horseman is cool, but he is a one-trick pony. Uh, he's just... I see what you did there. Hey. Uh, he just gets super mad and hits things with his axe. Uh, and But now he has hooves that he can also try and stomp you with. Right. It's it's sort of the... It's, it's, it's horse smash instead of Hulk smash, if you will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not particularly attached to uh, horsemen. So if you want to stump for snake hair, then I'm all for it. I do. I do. I want to call it there. I'm going to give this round to the snake hair. The snake hair is our the winner of our 14th round. All right. All right, Jimmy. So you wrote 14 introductions, and we need to do 15 matchups. Tyler, so, do you want to write up a matchup real quick? I would love to. I'm trying to pick is the thing. There's so many to Should choose we, from. Should we end this episode on one that we don't want to do later on or one that is genuinely exciting? I will leave that up to you. Uh, do you mind if I read this one? Oh, uh, I read the, you read the last one. I did. Do you want to, or do you want to read this one? How about you read this one? Okay. Actually? I would love to read this one. Okay. Our, <clears throat> our All right, ultimate. Let me, give, give, give me. Uh, let's, cause I'll, I'll cut that whole thing. Yeah. So we'll just, we'll just jump back in here. Okay, Jimmy, you wrote the last 14 of the 15, uh, matchups that we're going to do. I, uh, as, as we've been doing this have selected our final matchup of the day and written an introduction that I would very much like for you to read if you would not mind. Tyler, it would be my pleasure to read what you have written down for me here. 
Let me take the last swig of my rum and coke. <laughs> All right. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's a... Good lord, what the hell is that thing? Like a balloon animal genetic experiment gone horribly wrong? It's Kisatai! And in the other corner, you want the D? You can handle the D! This next contestant brings <laughs> the D, the whole D, and nothing but the D! Give it up for Lord of D! Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> Jimmy, this round, I wanted to bring to us two monsters that would reduce us to a giggling fit in any other episode. <laughs> Let's start with the card art here. Explain to me what the actual fuck Kizatai is. Oh my god. I just clicked on that, and I think of the cards we've seen, this is definitely the most, like ancient japanese demon looking yes uh this it has let's start with it has the eye from the legend of zelda oh it's yeah the, it's the sheikah eye with like a it's like a red eye with like a drip underneath mm -hmm. uh with like this horrible red and black pupil um but its entire body is a giant uh long kinked up uh, earthworm that yes. loops down and knots around itself a couple of times before it comes back to just in front of the head where it f has a human hand pointing at you. Ugh. Yeah, it's it's one long arm, basically. Yes. Uh, and it has these sort of like spectral bat wings almost. Coming out of the sides of the head. Yeah. They're just sort of made out of this like phantasmal energy. And the background yeah. too is this like swirling vortex of green necrotic energy. Which and is Kizatai has I don't think I mentioned this earlier, only three hundred attack and eight hundred defense. So it's terrifying, but not technically that strong. But we'll see how it lines it's up. It's just horrifying to behold. Yeah. It is a fiend uh, type and it's it fits the bill. It, more so than any other fiend we've seen so far. Uh, in the other corner, Lord of D. <laughs> Fucking Lord of D. How would you describe Lord of D? Lord of D. Uh, we've seen Cyber Warrior, was it, before? Cyber Raider? Cyber Raider. Uh, this is the guy Cyber Raider fights. In a Saturday morning uh, live action show. In their spinoff show, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, this is an evil uh, bad guy uh, who like rises from the earth to take on modern day Japan. Uh, he's got a helmet that I think is a skull. Yeah, it it essentially looks like like Lord of D is wearing Curse of Dragon as armor. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It looks like he skinned poor Curse of Dragon, and uh, like recombined his body parts to form his armor. And I think that's actually a dragon head on his torso. 
Yeah, so so the the helmet and the breastplate appear to be both dragon skulls, and then the shoulder pauldrons are dragon claws. And in, uh, holding up this like big purple cape. Yeah, in fine villain fashion, he has a huge popped collar on this cape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it almost looks like too because he's hunched forward slightly. It almost looks like the popped collar starts at about his ears and then just goes up. A, maybe a foot and a half from there. <laughs> yeah, this guy's outfit is utterly ridiculous. But it is villainous. It is very villainous. Jimmy, let's take a look at the uh, the the card text here. But before we do that, give me just a sense of how you're leaning, just based on the looks between these two uh, these two horrible fellows. Boy, uh, just on, based on looks, Kisatai is just a uh, super unsettling to look at. It is a uh, very much a Japanese style demon where it's not like a little imp person. It's not like a little horned devil. It's just a grotesque, uh, otherworldly abomination. Yeah. This yeah, is, it is this would be truly upsetting to look at. If you had a D and D character that was a warlock of the great old one, this would be your familiar, just this awful tapeworm riding around on your shoulder. Yes, yes. Uh, and I th- think actually tapeworm is a really good way of putting it because I did not have a great sense of scale for this monster. Uh, if you Google Kisatai, uh, it will show you a clip from the anime, and we'll actually get to this in about 14 weeks now. <laughs> we'll get to this in a few months. Uh, but it appears in the anime in season two, uh, as all of these cards do. And there's a shot of it wrapped around the neck of Jinzo, another monster. Uh, oh. And it's, like, even oh God, more yes. fleshy it's got, in that shot. Instead of being, like, a smooth earthworm sort of uh, tube. Or like a like a balloon. Yeah. is kind of how I pictured. This guy has joints. Mm-hmm. He is, like, a big king toes. Yeah, Kisatai is all elbows. Yeah, and the elbows are covered with what looks like warts. I have to say, Truly this is upsetting. a gross-looking screen cap. So, let's take a look at the card text then. With that in mind, for Kisatai, Kisatai says, When your opponent's monster attacks this card in face-down defense position, this card becomes an equip spell card equipped to the attacking monster. No damage calculation is conducted. During each of your opponent's standby phases, increase your life points by half of the attack of the monster equipped with this card. So essentially what this does is when you you play it face down in defense mode, when it gets attacked, you equip it to the attacking monster and then gain half of that monster's attack points as life points every turn. So it's not really leeching life points from the monster, but it is boosting you. Based on that monster's attack. That's a a good technique. That's a cool mechanic. Truly disgusting. Yes. Meanwhile, Lord of D... Attach a creature to another creature. Meanwhile, Lord of D, his card text says, Neither player can target dragon monsters on the field with card effects. Proving that D stands for dragon, and I don't know why they didn't just say that. (laughs) Why would you abbreviate dragon to D? In your, in your translation to English, there is nothing else you can think of that would that D might stand for. 
Jimmy, I think Come in a on, way, localizers. I think in a way, maybe this was a prophecy saying that we should do this podcast because I feel like this was a card written for us <laughs> just to allow us to say the words Lord of D several times on a recording. Lord of D. <laughs> uh yeah how okay i know how i feel about this now how are how do you feel about this lineup uh as cool as lord of d is just in sort of a campy sort of way uh i think kisatai is a much more interesting creature a much more interesting I think so too i think so too it's disgusting and i hate it but I'm excited to see more of it at the same time. Yeah, I w- I'm excited to see Kisatai in the anime doing yeah. all kinds of nasty shit. Am I excited to see Lord of D? Yeah, I guess. I want to see... I'm more interested in seeing whether they say Lord of D in the episode. Oh, they're gonna Are say they Lord gonna of say D. Lord of they D? have to say oh, Lord I'm of D. Oh, I'm so excited to see, hear them say Lord of D. In the Yami Yugi right, well, voice. I think that's going to give it to Kisatai then. I, 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 I'm, I approve of this. I like Kisatai in a gross right. sort of way. It's a, it's a right. cool looking card. It, it, cool is a, is a stretch yeah, maybe, but maybe it's, not a look cool. it, it's a looker. All right. Well, hey, this that's, def- uh, that's round 15. It's uh, Kisatai. It's, yeah, it goes to Kisatai. What were you going to say? I was just saying, this is like something that the arch-villain of the, the show they're in would have like as its pet. This is a salacious crumb of uh, the fictional morning show that we've come up with here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, this is exciting, too, because this means that if Kisatai moves forward, uh, as we've decided... Uh, next time we come around to this matchup, which will be in a, in a bit, you know, probably past the halfway point of the season, but we will see Kisatai go up against the unfriendly Amazon. Oh yeah, that's how brackets work. All right, well that uh, will conclude us for this episode. If you want to keep up with the bracket, you can go to heartofthe.cards/bracket. Every week we will be doing a new lineup resulting in uh the final ultimate championship uh title so many fun card fights yeah 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 we've got let's see let's see kind of what we've built up here as far as upcoming matchups uh cockroach knight versus sonic maid gaia the fierce knight versus rogue doll uh, unfriendly Amazon versus uh, Kizatai, like I said. Sonic Mage is also something you should not look up on DeviantArt. <laughs> yes, that is a that is a deep well. Uh, Jimmy, are there any other upcoming matchups that you're excited to see happen? Um, let's see what's on this side of the, the thing. Uh, not so far. It'll be a while before we fill out the bracket enough to be able to see some of these. Um, are there any are there any ooh. like particular monsters you're excited to see perform? There's a chance we'll get to see Karibo go up against Red Eyes Black Dragon. Ooh, that would be very exciting. That'll be a fun matchup. Uh, uh, I personally am looking forward to seeing uh, Gear Golem the Moving Fortress. Ooh, oh, there is one that I saw that I'm very excited for, uh, Fortress Whale. 
Fortress Whale. Just a, that, it's oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Fortress Whale definitely sounds like your jam. It's a very cool-looking card. Uh, excited to see where that one goes. But uh, until then, uh, that's going to do it for us this week. Yeah. Just a lot to uh, look if forward you want to. to uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us. You activated my podcast at gmail.com. You can find us Twitter and Instagram at yampod. That's Y-A-M-P-O-D. You can tell us your opinions about the bracket and how we voted here and how wrong we were. Uh, if you uh, want to go to our website, that's heartofthe.cards. Heartofthe.cards slash bracket is where the bracket will be. Uh, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Uh, Jimmy, your other podcast just wrapped up, right? Yeah. Uh, Dungeons Against Humanity. Uh, .net. Uh, it's with a, by the time this comes out, probably almost the entire first uh, season will be uh, completed. It's my D and D podcast where whenever we need an idea for something, we use a card against humanity uh, to come up with the idea. And my character is uh, Dimitri, the warlock of Shimmer Lord, the unicorn prince of the Imperian Plains, and. Uh, we have a lot of fun on over there. So go check that out. Yeah, and that's uh, DungeonsAgainstHumanity.net, D-A-H podcast on Twitter. On the podcast! <laughs> All right. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about Season 2, Episode 1, finally getting into the show proper. Tyler, I'm excited. Uh, this is the first season of Yu-Gi-Oh! that I'm going into completely blind. Because yeah. I, I don't know anything about Battle City, uh, what's going to happen, who we're going to see. All I know is that there's uh, a city in which battles happen. Right. Whereas Jimmy, I was I... a little familiar with the first season of Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, I have no idea what's coming next. I am going gonna, gonna to venture a guess. Because I, I remember maybe 50% of, of season two. Uh, it's been a bit for me. I am an adventure, I guess that you personally are going to enjoy season two of Yu-Gi-Oh exponentially more than season one. Exponentially is a strong word, Tyler. There is some weird shit that we get into in season two. Like there are oh. psychics. There are fake psychics. Oh, don't spoil it. For there me. are triplets. Uh, there are mind control things happening. There's uh, at least one magician. Uh, there's there's a whole like sort of carnival esque thing going on. Oh, fun! Um, yeah, there's a lot of really fun stuff that happens in this season. Uh, so I'm I'm very excited for you to watch it uh, for the first time. All right. Okay. Uh, all right. Is there anything else that we needed to plug? I feel like I'm forgetting something. No, I don't think so. Okay. All right, friends. Well, until next time. Ooh, ee, ooh, ah, ah, ting, tang, walla, walla, bing, bang. Ooh, ee, ooh, ah, ah, ting, tang, walla, walla, bing, bang. <laughs>